Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Buster Olney, ESPN and ESPN.com. Uh, welcome for another season, sir. Excited to be back with you. I, I, uh, it was good to see you down in uh, Fort Myers the other day. Yes, it was. Uh, do you feel like everything's a little rushed this year, Buster, with the early uh, uh, departures from spring training sites? I mean, was, the, the, the number of games and everything was the same, but it didn't seem like the pitchers were getting their seven innings in. It seemed a little rushed to me. Oh man, this is this is a classic case of a perception shapes everything because I'm on the opposite end of the scale of oh, you. Oh really? And, you know, yeah, and I talked to Mike Trout about this the other day. He, he was sitting in front of his lockers, his, his legs were jiggling, he couldn't wait to get going, and I'm like, this is, it felt like Groundhog Day the last two weeks. <laughs> so no kidding. So I guess it depends on how much time he spent at the beach there, Royce. Well, that that could be it. No, I mean, I guess I'm not <laughs> saying. I I just feel like. Uh, uh, it's Mar- it's March fifth, and they're the pitchers should be using working five innings, and they're still working three. It, it kind of seemed like uh, that, like yeah. me. So uh, a year ago, uh, at this time, I was really down on the Yankees, and you told me they were going to be pretty good. Who's your uh, who's your sneaky uh, team to look for this year? A team you may have seen, the Philadelphia Phillies. And, and look, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, but I do think they're going to make a big jump forward. You know, they, they have been one of the tanking teams the last few years, and uh, just as the Astros and Cubs did before them, and this is the year I think that they start to really reap the benefits of that. We saw Reese Hoskins, the slugger uh, outfielder, uh, at the end of last season really uh, show well. Then during the course of the offseason, they go out and they sign uh, Carlos Santana to play first base. They sign Jake Arrieta. They sign a couple relievers, and this kid, Scott Kingery, we just yes. signed this uh, long deal the other day. I had a, another player look at me and say, you know what, he's Dustin Pedroia, except he's got more talent, and he was talking about how much energy Kingery plays with. This is going to be a really interesting team. Uh, and, I, look, Nationals, to me, are the clear favorite to win that division, but watch the Phillies. Yeah, and the Nats, Nationals, I, I, I don't know. I'm not on them like uh, so many other people are. I'm, I'm wondering. I mean, they still got Harper, and this is kind of the last gasp, but uh, I, I, I get the feeling time has kind of passed them by a little bit. I, I, I disagree with you, uh, and uh, I hope you're wrong, because I picked them to be in the World Series okay. this year. Well, I'd, <laughs> I'd like to see it. They haven't been in one since 1935. <laughs> the, the city, well, you know. Yeah, the reason why I think they're, they're going to be really good this year is because unlike previous seasons, we've gone into the year with the Nationals and they've got bullpen issues and is Papelbon going to hold up. This year they start the season with a bullpen being solved. 
behind, uh, you know, Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg. Gio Gonzalez is is excellent. You know, their lineup is, is going to be terrific again. Adam Eaton's come back from his knee injury. Trey Turner appears to be healthy. Uh, I like them to win the National Yeast. I like them advance to the World Series. Well, uh, that would be uh, that would be quite the celebration in that city. That that is for sure, and they will have to do it now. So, I but going back to the Phillies, that Herrera kid in center field, uh, I, I, Herrera, right? I saw him make a play that Buxton would have been proud of down there too. So uh, he's a he's yeah. another young guy. Yeah, and he is one of the great uh, Rule Five draftees of all time. I think they got him from the Padres. Uh, the Phillies took him, and, and he's been a terrific player for them. And you know, the one uh, the one thing that you hear about him, complain about him, is that he has the longest time in the batter's box in between pitches of any oh, really? player <laughs> in baseball at about thirty one seconds between pitches. Uh, they so probably won't. That everybody loves him. They probably won't let him get away with that this year, though. Too, too, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna try to uh, sit on that. Uh, the Twins, uh, they you know you got to give them credit. They went out and got five veteran pitchers. That should uh, they they should be better than last year. They might not get as many breaks as they had last year, but uh, that's that's the pitching staff. There's no way they're gonna go through thirty seven pitchers again. I don't think. No, and I thought. Uh, Patrick, that it, it, uh, at the end of the offseason, the Twins probably did better than any other team. And, in fact, I'm really surprised that uh, clubs like the Cardinals didn't do what the Twins did, and that is to, you know, at the end of this very cold free agent market, pluck the value signings. If you look at the, you know, the seven, eight guys they got, including that trade for Jake Odorizzi and a, and a salary dump, uh, signing Lance Lynn, those seven, eight players for a total of $60 million. Yeah. That was tremendous work, and it doesn't interfere with anything else they're doing between the developing the young players at the big league level, their farm system, and this tremendous payroll flexibility they're going to have you know, beyond 2019. I thought the front office did a great job, made them better. It does feel like the gap between the, the, the uh, Indians and the Twins is narrowed. I didn't get a chance to ask Lance Lynn what he thought of Alex, Alex Cobb's deal that he signed. He took the 12 to 14 million early and Cobb ends up getting a four year deal. I, I wonder how he, I wonder how that went over with him. I, I talked to him about his situation and if I had to bet the family farm on in Vermont on it, I bet you he was offered the same deal, Patrick. Oh, really? Lance, yep. Lance told me and he wasn't specific about the team. He said, you know, uh, I had my choice between taking a deal with a team that wasn't as good um, and a one-year deal with a chance to win and to go back out of the market in the fall. And, of course, this fall, unlike last fall, he won't be attached to draft pick compensation. Yes. And so as Lance described it to me, he bet on himself. Um, and, and so I, I I don't know for a fact that that's what happened. Um, you know, And that's uh, information Lance probably not going to – give up, but I would not be surprised if that was the case, if he had essentially had the same type of offer from the Orioles that uh, Alex Cobb got. I like him a lot. I like the straightforward manner in which he pitches. <laughs> he throws, gets the ball back, throws a fastball someplace. Uh, one, one of the four quadrants of the plate. I love him. I love watching him pitch. Um, look, uh, you know, he can be as blunt as a sledgehammer <laughs> sometimes with his opinions. And I suspect that probably has something to do with the fact that why the Cardinals didn't want him back even after his price dropped. To be honest with you, I don't get it. You know, I, when I was uh, covering the Yankees, they had David Wells who would drive Joe Torre 
mad sometimes. He would frustrate him. Mel Stoudemire because of the stuff that he did. Here's the bottom line. David Wells won games. Lance Lynn is a pitcher who wins games. He doesn't you know, care about the score. He doesn't care how pretty it is. But at the end of the year, he's going to have, probably have a record over 500 when most of his starts and he's going to give you 180 to 200 innings. I thought he was a perfect signing. He's not a guy who's going to be in the Hall of Fame 25 years later, but personality-wise, he's Jack Morris coming to the Twins for one year. He's 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 the same guy. He's, uh, you know, Jack, one of the most acerbic guys that ever lived. I, I totally, that is a great call. I hadn't thought of that, but I 100% agree with the personality comparison. Yes, uh, so uh, you got the Dodgers and the Giants. Wow, the Giants coming off uh, one of the worst seasons in franchise history, and uh, no Bumgarner, no Samarja. Who's there? Uh, that's that's, and they got to play the Dodgers what ten times the first month of the season. Yeah, how about that? No Bumgarner, no Samarja, and oh by the way, maybe no closer. Mark Melance in the last twenty four hours. Bruce Bochy wouldn't detail. Uh, for the reporters covering the team, what the problem is, but apparently Melanson may not be available to start the season. Um, and, and yeah, right out of the gate, 10 of their first 28 games are against the Dodgers. They could be buried early on if they don't rope a dope. But someone in their organization say, you know what? It's time for everybody else in this, uh, in the organization to step up and wear big boy pants. And, and you know, they made some nice veteran moves in the offseason. You trade for Longoria, you trade for Andrew McCutcheon. Um, you know, you, you sign Austin Jackson. I would say this, though, in a sport that's getting younger and younger and younger, the Giants got older. Again, they got, well, they have been, you know, they've won by being older, too, and uh, filling in spots and stuff like that. But this is this is not a club with that kind of potential, that's for sure. But uh, L.A., uh, I think they're really good again, don't you? Tremendous depth. And it's interesting, both the Yankees and the Dodgers managed to execute uh, uh, their business where they reduced their payroll significantly uh, to try to get another luxury tax threshold while also seemingly making some really nice moves to get better. Uh, Matt Kemp has been a surprise in spring training. They got him in a salary dump. I, I, thought the Do- I think the Dodgers expected they would release him, but he got in great shape. He's looked good this spring. And they added two bullpen pieces that – you know, uh, a casual fan wouldn't know about. Uh, one it was, is Scott Alexander, who's got this great sinker, highest ground ball ratio in baseball last year while pitching for the Royals. And then here's one that's going to probably stick in uh, Twins fans' craw, J.T. Chagois. Oh, really? Over that, here. Is he making the move. club? He made the club? I don't know if it's officially he made the club, but I will tell you they are in awe of his stuff. They moved him from the uh, third base side of the rubber to the first base side of the rubber. Talking to Oral Hershiser the other day, talked about how great his sinker is now. He's throwing 95, 96 miles per hour. Andrew Friedman, who runs the Dodgers organization, his greatest skill as an executive is finding bullpen pieces, and it looks like Chagua has a chance to, uh, to be that guy. Well, he's uh, there was never a doubt about the kid's stuff. I think they were uh, they got tired of him being hurt uh, is what they probably uh, did. But uh, you know, sometimes it's a good idea not to give up on an arm. Well, and he said, you know, it's interesting. I talked to him yesterday about this, and and he said about moving. He said I'd never had had thought about it because uh, for him, you know, trying to command that uh, incredible movement he has in that sinker. Uh, was always an issue. He said, I'd never thought about moving the other side of the rubber, and right away it clicked in for him. Uh, and when he was he was told by the Twins, hey, you know, good luck to you. 
move forward. And when he was claimed on waivers, he never would have imagined that it would be the Dodgers that would identify him. But as I say, Andrew Friedman has this great job of plucking these guys out and determining this is a guy who can be a lot better than what he's been. Well, Buster, uh, Twins fans haven't had a lot to complain about lately, so thanks for bringing that up. That'll give them something to get rolling on. (laughs) Talk to you in a couple of weeks. Have a good opener. Thanks, Patrick. All right, the great Buster only. That's a good one. Get that out there on Twitter that the Dodgers love JT Shark. I was just sitting here thinking, what if he becomes a star in LA? Oh. Can you think of the Twins fans that are going to come oh, out and rip will, the organization? Uh, love it. It's another David Ortiz except he pitches. Right. All right. You're along for the ride with Royce. That is some boring radio, boy. Yeah, I know. On 1500 ESPN. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. There he goes, and Molina from his knees. Oh, my! Wow! From his knees, Yadier Molina. Uh, today's uh, Reavers just gave me the news that uh, Salvador Perez has a uh, torn MCL uh, for the Royals and will uh, miss the first month or six weeks of the season. As a catcher, that's a big problem. Yeah. Yep. And uh, that makes this guy even more amazing. Uh, Yadier Molino, the the future Hall of Fame catcher of the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, he's 35. He'll be 36 on July 13th. He has three years left on his contract. A lot of people question it. Well, he's got four years left. He signed it before 2017. A lot of people uh, question it at the time, but he will be in the starting lineup once again for the Cardinals. 14 straight seasons as their catcher. That sets a St. Louis Cardinals franchise high for a player starting at the same position on opening day. Unbelievable. Uh, Lou Brock started in left field 13 straight years. Now Musel, I'm sure, started more years than that that in a row, but right field, left field, wherever he started, first base, he actually played some too. But Yadier Molino is a, uh, Molina is a fantastic, uh, not only uh, one of the great catchers of uh, this generation, but the best of the Molinas, I would say. Yes. yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jose was good. Was Benji the Benji, first one or was Jose? Benji, I think, was the first okay. one. Okay, yeah. Benji uh, was the first one. And uh, Yadier, I think Yadier's the youngest, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Jose. I think so, yeah. But they're all great defensive catchers. Benji, slowest human being <laughs> in the history to ever play Major League Baseball. Now, ben- Benji was the one who was the catcher for the Angels, right? No yes. two when they won? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And uh, My favorite, though, speak- Benji was the catcher when they were playing the Twins in... When was Benji playing against the Twins in recent years in the playoffs? Where was he? Oh. Uh, he wasn't a Yankee. He, wasn't he was with a. the Rays at the end, but they yeah, wouldn't have played each other in the playoffs. Oakland? I'm not sure. Must have been Oakland. Must have been Oakland, but the uh, the famous, my favorite, now Yadier, we should uh, talk a little more about him. Not only 
was is Yadier, this great catcher for Puerto Rico. But when Puerto Rico made that run in yep. the World Baseball Classic, he basically was the guy. Yes. He was, like he was the, the glue. The, mess, the cheerleader. And he's the guy that after they finished second and made their run, he got them all on a plane and went to Puerto Rico for the party yep. before they came home. And that was all him. He's a, a great leader, a great player for the Cardinals, and still going pretty well. Now, the Benji story is Lavelle, it had to be, I guess it had to be the Angels Series 2002. Yeah. And Lavelle was doing the Star Tribune preview and before that series. And he he had in there that Benji Molino, very good defensive catcher, but he runs like he has a bear on his back. He, he <laughs> runs like he has a bear on his back. So Jerry Zagoda, we, you know, the Star Tribune, they broke out all the forces for mm-hmm. And Jerry Zagoda ended up doing the uh, Angels Clubhouse. Uh, Angels. And he's sitting there, and he's got his badge. And Benji, and he asked Benji a question. And he looks, and he says... Are you from Star Tribune? <laughs> and Zagoda says, yes. He says, I know talk to Star Tribune. <laughs> he, wow. was very, he was very offended that uh, he had managed somebody, teammate or somebody, must have pointed out that uh, Lavelle had said he ran like he had a bear on his oh, back. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I know talk to we, we, uh Once in a while when uh, Z has some trouble with the feisty uh, feisty coach uh, here or some, you know, something in the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Was, he no talk, talk to, to Star, Star Tribune. <laughs> you know, my uh, I, I was at, I was in St. Louis. I was at Bush Stadium when Yachty was a kid. This would have been like mm-hmm. 05, 06. Mm-hmm. And they were playing one of the fighting Molinas. I don't remember if it was Jose or Benji. Mm-hmm. And Yachty was catching, and uh, one of them was in the batter's box, and Yachty went to go retrieve a fall ball, and his brother tripped him. Oh, to try right? to, to, Like, you know, you're just a kid. Oh, God, I, I uh, never, I'll never forget that. As long as it was here's hilarious. what I saw, though, in the, uh, in the wiki on him. Minnesota twin scout Edwin Rodriguez, who was a former catcher, Followed and scrutinized Molina starting in high school, and they have this scouting report in there. Really, but he, they, everybody thought he couldn't hit, and the Twins uh, didn't make the pop, and the uh, didn't didn't make the deal. This they didn't draft him, and he ended up getting drafted by the Cardinals in the in the fourth round of the draft. But the Twins were on him apparently and let him pass. You know how he uh, got uh, into the. Uh, you know, got called up in 2014. Matheny. Uh, yes, Mike Matheny got con- hurt. Got another That's one of his right. concussions, which ended up ending his career. Uh, Molina's first chance in the major league arrived when Matheny went on the disabled list uh, during the winning season of 2004. He came up in uh, June 3rd. That had to be one of Matheny's concussions. Right? Mm-hmm. And now he's his manager. And, you know, he is really, Molina is one of the guys that really kind of softened the blow of when the, the franchise decided not to sign Pujols to yes. the big contract because he is so beloved down in that market. Yeah, and he, he will probably be a big league manager, everything you hear about him. Uh, today's... On the eve of the opener, when all 30 teams are going to play tomorrow, Yadier Molina is today's sports person of the day. And imagine his surprise when he gets the certificate. (laughs) He will receive it with great honor. Uh, We'll be back. A very good day to have Jess Myers here.
for the hockey half hour. Sitting shotgun on the ride with Royce. It's ugly and getting worse by the second. On 1500 ESPN. And this portion of the ride with Royce is sponsored by Boost Mobile. With Boost Mobile, you can get four lines for only $25 per line with each with unlimited gigs. Plus, get up to four free Samsung G7 perks and six months of Hulu. Only from Boost Mobile. Give us 30 minutes, and we'll give you everything trucks. What is uh, slashing? Slashing is like that. <laughs> Jess Myers now joins the ride with Royce. Right now! For this edition of the Hockey Half Hour. Jess Myers is with us indeed. Uh, Bob Motzkow put St. Cloud in a hockey position you never dreamed they would attain uh, when he came there 13 years ago. They've had a very good run. They, you know, big disappointment this year. They've had a lot of postseason disappointments, uh, losing to Air Force right off the bat. But I see that some St. Cloudites fans were still disappointed that he took the gopher job for about what I would imagine had to be a $500,000 race. I would think so. Yeah. yeah. And, and maybe a little bit of a boost in the recruiting budget and yes. uh, a, few, well, a few more games on TV. That's and... the deal. I, uh, I, I, can't go, I can't go up tomorrow. I can't be there tomorrow because I have something else I have to do. But I would like to ask uh, Coyle what their uh, hockey budget is. Yeah, compared to Saint Cloud. Well, and I would think that's got to be public information, doesn't it? This yeah, is I guess you can find out if you go yeah. through the. But uh, do you think they're going to volunteer it if you ask them? I, they're going to make you fill out the forms. Probably, probably. yeah, probably. Well, boy, I mean, what a. Di- but but you know sometimes these colleges like to brag about how much they're paying guys too. So I mean, yeah, I don't think they, these guys do though. They don't. Uh, you know when they when you get raised, give give extensions to basketball coaches who then uh, uh, follow their uh, end up going four and fourteen. That does doesn't work too well. I was telling Chris Long the story about how Motzko wound up back at St. Cloud State in the head coaching role. I don't know if you remember this. No, 2005, Craig Dahl is the coach there forever. Sure. He's had a couple lousy years in a row, yes. and, and he's kind of being quietly pushed out the door. Mm-hmm. So they hire Motzko like in June with the handshake agreement that oh, he's going to yeah. he's going to come in. He's going to be an assistant whenever coach. Whenever Craig's ready to and leave, and whenever huh? Craig is ready to leave. <laughs> You know, it'll be Bob's job. And, yeah. and and Lucia says at the time, hey, I wish him best of luck. We all know why he's going there. Mm. You know, he'll do great. So this is like in June or July. He goes yes. up to St. Cloud, his alma mater. He's going to be the head coach in waiting. On like September 10th, yes. Dahl walks into Motzko's office and says, it's all yours. Good night. <laughs> he uh, got a good job in business. I yeah. Think. yeah Craig, he's in, I can't like remember where he went. Financial in Rochester, a, New York or someplace like that. He got a good like job in business and said, see you later because so, they're uh, trying to run me out of here anyway. So That's like right. less than a month before the season, they hand Motzko the keys to this not great car. And I write my preview. I'm writing for Inside College Hockey mm-hmm. at the time. I say he's going to be good eventually, but this year's a disaster. Mm-hmm. I pick him for 10th in the league. Okay. Okay. This month, is the old WCHA. This is the old WCHA. Um, like a month and a half later, that absolutely loaded Gopher team with, you know, Erickson and Kessel and uh, Wheeler yes. and all those guys who would eventually lose to Holy Cross, but we don't know mm-hmm. that's going to yes. happen. They go up to St. Cloud. It's this fantastic game. The place is packed. It's loud. The Huskies wind up winning a really close game. We go into the big post-game scrum, and Bob Motzko, first thing out of his mouth is, this is a big wing for our program just to prove that we're better than inside college hockey thinks we are. And then he looks at me and he gives me a wink and it's yeah. like, oh boy. But he, he said it without meanness, right? No, absolutely not. Yeah, he just, said just, it just to agitate. Just because he saw I was there and had to have fun with That's me. So, a, yeah, that so, is so, no, he's going to be great. I mean, he, yeah. he, and he's, he's good with the media. As you wrote, 
you know, kind of bring the low key fun yeah, part of it right. back a little bit. I, Donald's uh, a little I got, too serious. I got sometimes. a hunch, uh, unless somebody changes them, if you, you know, I, I was talking to Mick Hatton and, you know, had, it, yeah. had the run of the place. And yeah, you can go to practice if you yeah. want to and uh, whatever you want to do. You can't. I don't think you'll have the tension. Now, I love it. It's kind of the Woogie approach, except Woogie got a little tense down the stretch. Yeah, when things, when, when things when weren't going great, things it got weren't a little, going great. Little, but, little uh, yeah, tougher. I, I don't think there's any doubt about this guy's ability as a coach. And it turns out it looks like they interviewed four people. They interviewed mm -hmm. Bell, they interviewed Gensel, they interviewed Petolny, and they interviewed Motsko. They wound up going with Motsko. And I think uh, I think uh, Coyle got some help in the interview process from Louie, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think he probably did. And uh, Louie was pretty focused on the Motsko from the The, the one I, I kind of expected him to interview that they didn't was Todd Richards, but it turns out he he didn't come up here to interview for the job, and that's, you know, he, he's probably happy where he is down in Tampa on a pretty good team uh, doing stuff down there, so. Uh, that's, uh, that's good. Uh, you know, I, I, I I'm really, uh, delighted with this cause he's such a good guy. And plus we know every weekend there'll be at least one weak side power play that they'll score. <laughs> they'll score off. The, how, the great, great how much fun play. is that to watch power, when it's clicking, when the Bob Motsko power play is he clicking, can, it's, he's got the great power. Play. It's a beauty to behold. But, oh. uh, you know, this Mark Coyle, I got a couple of, I got a couple of, email a tw text today from old gophers that, that even yesterday he won't you know he sends out a statement you're the athletic director talk to the media yep you don't have to wait till thursday you're the athletic director get off your dead boring ass and talk to people yep. he is unbelievable and by the way not knowing any of this was coming because i know bob Motzko well yeah. yesterday was his birthday Yes, turned fifty-seven yes, yesterday. Turned 57. I saw that on Facebook. So first thing in the morning, I sent a text to Bob. I said, "Bob, happy birthday." His response is, "At this point, they're not happy. You just want more of them." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, I, the Duluth people, I talked to a couple of Duluth people. Apparently, it was uh, widely talked about down there at yeah. uh, at uh, Sioux Falls over the weekend that yeah. he was end up going to go there, and uh, and of course, there's uh, the Sioux Falls the. Uh, the angle of some St. Cloud people is this was a distraction that caused the Huskies to get beat by Saratori. Or no, maybe he got beat by Saratori because you can't trust Saratori. He's right, gonna, exactly. he, he does and, this stuff. By the way, Declan Goff, who used to work here, has mm -hmm. already tweeted the rumor. He's a St. Cloud guy. He's already tweeted the can we get Frank Saratori to Saint, take the St. Cloud job? That rumor. Could we be that lucky? I don't think we could. But uh, oh, how, why wouldn't he? Isn't he ready to come back home? Isn't I don't he sick know. of getting I mean, on those planes? He's flying out the place. He's Merrimack. so ensconced in 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 Colorado. Does I mean, he, he like loves it out, it there? out there. Oh yeah. And plus, you know, people have said Air Force is the perfect job for Frank Saratori because you've got kids who number one can't leave, yeah, and number two <laughs> are used to being screamed at all day. So you know, it's it's fine. And, and kudos, by the way, Sports Person of the Week, whoever the ESPN executive was who. Did decided, hey, let's go live with no delay inside the Air Force locker room after the game and hear what Frank Saratori oh, I, has I to missed say. that. Uh, he, uh, he, so he, he equaled Eric Musselman's performance after wasn't the... wasn't quite uh, that bad. And I mean, by Frank's standards, it wasn't bad, but his famous line, he says, okay, you know, we're going to watch a period of the next game. We're going to get a little scout. Then we're all going to dinner. He says, we're going to get all that happy horse bleep out of the way, and then we're going to go back to the hotel and shut her down. And this, of course, is live on ESPN. And, oh, yeah. Fantastic. Well, uh, they play in that goofy league, but I guess the travel isn't a problem because you just take a government plane to wherever you want to go. For them, getting you know? on a plane is like getting on a bus. You yeah, know? You just, mean, it's, you it's on, right on the, campus. Yeah, yeah, they got the runway right there on <laughs> campus. But uh, I didn't see his good quotes after. They have some good quotes oh, 
after that had, one. Had some great stuff. <laughs> and, and, you know, to his credit, too. He's got to be 60 now, though, doesn't he? He's got to be close to there, yeah. yeah. It, you know, the big news last week going into the regional was Don Lucia leaving his job, and they all had, had great things to say about Don. In fact, you know, you forget this, but Frank Sertori sent his son to Minnesota to play for Don mm-hmm. and almost yeah. won a national championship yeah, with him. So. A really good player. Hey, what's uh, what? who are the rumors up at St. Cloud? Do well, they, they got a hotshot assistant or not? Well, Mike Gibbons, you know, who's been yeah. in, in the college hockey ranks for a long time in an assistant coach role is a fun one. You know, people are already saying, well, why doesn't Mike Gensel go up there? I don't see that ever happening just because there have been so many of those similar openings during Gensel's time where he hasn't made that move. But We'll uh, see if uh, what Bob does with his assistants here, right? Yeah. We don't know yet. Yeah, right? we don't we don't know that yet. And, he, uh, did he have, uh, who, who are his main guys, uh, Gibbons and who else up uh, at St. Cloud? Gibbons and then he's, you know, always got kind of some bird dog recruiting guys. Gibbons would be the most natural one to step into a head coaching role, I would say. But uh, I mean, it's come down here as an assistant. To yeah, him, but, uh, potentially. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's. I think he's got to like uh, you know what maybe what he's got in place in, in these guys. I will say it was uh, pretty telling yesterday about eight o'clock last night. The Pittsburgh Penguins send out a tweet. You know, nice goal, Gensel from from Crosby. Okay. Great passing play. Mike Gensel retweets it and says, "Best thing that happened today." So, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, so, wasn't uh, he? Uh, well, obviously, he got was, an uh, interview, but I, uh, you just felt like they want to change, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, Bob's got the credentials, man. He's, absolutely, uh, he's a hell of a coach. So, uh, and and you know, and Don Lucia had all but endorsed Gensel in his farewell press conference when he said, "You know, sixteen years of coaching together." He said, "Mike Gensel is go for hockey." So he he kind of gave his mm-hmm. plug, and that was that was what he said. Uh, we're going to talk a little Bulldogs when we come back. The miracles of math, I'm referring to them as. They, uh, <laughs> they, they won by a thousandth of a... They got in by a thousandth of a point, and yeah. now they might win the damn thing. And here they are. We'll be back. Now, time for traffic. How's the weather like? The Ride with Royce. Traffic is in. Here's, Here's the forecast. Traffic and weather. Traffic and weather together. Well, hello, Lauderdale. With your uh, with your uh, traffic, I'm Kenny. This one brought to us by Napa Auto Parts Stores. Oh, look at that. Right as I'm going to talk about it, a first unit driver is pulling the stalled semi out of the right lane, southbound 280 at Broadway. It looks like he's got the old log chain out. He's pulling him out of the way and onto Broadway. So now both lanes of southbound 280 open again. That's good news. Bad news for inbound 394. She's nose to tail 100 into downtown with the wreck on the right side underneath Theo. Uh, Southbound W, very corpulent. Washington down to 38th. Napa Auto Parts has the expertise and parts you need to help keep your car on the road, no matter how many miles it has. Quality parts, helpful people, that's Napa know-how. Decreasing clouds 26 tonight, it's 48 right now. Taking the ride with Royce. Lousy voice, but it was distinct. On 1500 ESPN. Getting you caught up on the week in pucks. It's the Hockey Half Hour with Jess Myers. Combination that requires the highest level of conditioning, speed, creativity. On the ride with Royce. Jess Myers, Hockey Half Hour. So, boy, imagine my surprise last night when I saw on the crawl that Thomas Vanek had three goals for Columbus, raising his season total to 24. I didn't even know he was in the league, and he's got 24 goals. He, what he, happened to he him? We hated with, him. Yeah, he started with Vancouver. He yes. was with Vancouver, and he was a hot commodity at the trade line. Really? Because he doesn't play any defense. He doesn't back check. He doesn't do any of that. Puts it in the net. But he does score goals, and that's kind of at a premium come playoff time. So he went to Columbus at the trade deadline. They picked him up, and... 
You know, when he's interested in playing hockey, <laughs> he's actually really good at it. He just doesn't like to and, break a and sweat. And I a saw lot of the, the time. Gophers released a statement from Vanek today on the Minnesota Sports site, uh, lauding Bob Mosco and Mosco and giving him much credit for. He said twenty years later they still talk and uh, giving him much credit. And you told me he was the guy that was down in Sioux Falls scouting him, or even before. Did he get him in Sioux Falls? Mosco was the coach in Sioux Falls, okay. so uh, you know they they knew each other going back to that. And then mm-hmm. Mosco goes to Minnesota, and and you know Vanek was the most prized recruit at about sixteen years old because even at that age he's a big kid, he's scoring goals. Motzko was the inspiration that got him to come to the University of Minnesota. That was, you know, an offhanded comment from Motzko years later was, hey, if the Huskies would have hired me earlier, Thomas would have played at St. Cloud State. So, <laughs> hey, what? Uh, so he came over to play in Sioux Falls as a, at like an Austrian when yeah. he was 15 or 16 years old. Yeah. So he was down there a couple of years and, ago. And he grew up in Austria, but, you know, Vanek yeah. is not an Austrian name. Vanek is a more of an Eastern European name. His parents are like Czech or Slovakian or okay. something like that. And I think they came to Austria, like, back in the days when you couldn't leave the uh, Iron Curtain that easily. So interesting story there as well. Well, you can sneak, you can get out. Austria wasn't as bad as you could get out of Austria. <laughs> yeah, you was, get uh, out of Austria, but yeah, getting you out, of get the, out of Austria. Out of Czechoslovakia. I don't wasn't think, really uh, I don't think Louis had to put anybody in his trunk to drive out like of Austria. Frank Musil or Frantisek Musil. Yeah, oh boy. That's, that's, just that's, a uh, that's a great story just because. By the decade, it gets even better when Louis tells it. But the but the good uh, but the good thing is he he was went from riding in a trunk to dry, flying the Concorde. They 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 flew the Concorde out of Britain to uh, New York. Uh, Franny was uh, in the trunk, and then he was uh, they flew the Concorde. The Concord. Louis wasn't going cheap when he bringing oh, absolutely not. bringing Franti uh, Musil in here. Uh, turned out to be uh, played a long time. Didn't, played a long time. Turned out to be not what a huge we hoped. Player. Not what we hoped. Yeah. Hey, so uh, the Bulldogs. I uh, talked to uh, Scott Sandlin the other day, and uh, uh, it's uh, who knows you 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 sneak in by the hair of your chinny chin chin, and then uh, you you beat a really good Mankato team, and you get Air Force in the second round. So. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's crazy the way these things. I was work looking out. at their season. I didn't realize they had two. Really Really hot streaks, and then they so those they were actually playing real well until they got to the WCHA. Yeah, they tournament they here. played great until that point, and looked frankly lousy in those two games against uh, mm-hmm. North Dakota and Denver. Uh, couldn't beat Denver this year, so the thought was if somebody can knock off Denver, maybe the Bulldogs will have a chance. And of course, Ohio State did that, and a lot of fun connections between Ohio State and the Bulldogs actually, because Brett Larson, who's UMD's top assistant coach, he's a Duluth kid. He was their chief recruiter. For four years, he recruited a lot of these Ohio State kids. I oh, got a, really? a funny. So, so uh, how long has he been back in Duluth? He's, this is his second year back in okay. Duluth. I got a funny text message from him. He says, "Now I feel so bad about doing such a good job recruiting all these guys because <laughs> now I got to go play against them." <laughs> they got Minnesota kids. Yeah, they, they've done a good job recruiting this area. And and then Steve Rollick, you know, is their head coach, yeah, and right. he was Scott Sandlin's top assistant for about five years, so he knows the Duluth Hill, program very from well. the Hill Murray Rollick. Hill Murray kid, and then he went. To, he was on that nineteen ninety national championship team at Wisconsin. You know, a good good player. There. There as well. Mm-hmm. Who did who since they started uh, taking hockey seriously? There, uh, they've had uh, Osiki. Uh, Osiki was the coach there for a little while. Yeah, Mark Osiki, yeah. Tom Osiki's son, yeah. and uh, you know he's an assistant at Wisconsin now. So they've bounced around a little bit. They still. This is this is the one I love. I'm looking at the national attendance statistics. Yesterday, uh, Ohio State was in the top ten in attendance nationally this year. They averaged like. 
5,700 a game, which is respectable at Ohio so State. It's a big building. Yeah, but but uh, they were at like 30% of capacity when you oh, look yeah. at it because they play in a 17,000-seat arena still. Well, so. well, I saw that uh, that when they had a series out there, they played it in the in the Blue Jackets arena, even though when they had the Frozen Four out there, they played it in the Ohio State arena. They played the Frozen Four at the Ohio State arena. Now, a lot of people questioned that and said, why mm. wouldn't you play it downtown in the NHL rink? They said, keep in mind, we bid on this thing in about 1997. The downtown arena didn't exist then, so they wanted it on campus to make the money from it that way. That was the only downfall of having a Frozen Four in Columbus, is it was a, a long bus ride up to campus for the for the games. Boy, uh, that UMD team, every, they got about... Ten guys with the same numbers of goals and points, yeah. and it's uh, it's uh, seems like uh, there's not a lot of difference between the first line and the fourth line. The downfall on this team was supposed to be defense and goaltending because they lost Hunter Miska. He was only yeah. there for one year. He went right to to play for Phoenix or play for their minor league team in Tucson. So they needed to replace a goalie, and then they had one returning defenseman, Nick Wolf, who hadn't played yes. a ton last year. So they were very very young on defense. Nobody knew that Scott Perunovich was going to come in, a kid out of Hibbing, which, by the way, is there a better Hibbing name ever oh, than Scott fantastic. Perunovich? He should be governor. Yeah, he absolutely should be. And he comes in, not only leading them defensively, he's their leading scorer. He's one of these yes. guys that controls the whole offense from the back end and has been, you know, not only like rookie of the year in the league and top to offensive defenseman in the league, but uh, I was at a game in Mankato uh, middle middle of January, went down there, they saw they played a one-game thing on a Tuesday against Mankato. Mankato wins up, uh, ends up winning at one nothing. There had to be twenty eight NHL scouts really? there, all looking at is, Perunovic. Is he undrafted? He's undrafted. He will be this year. And and mm-hmm. the question is, he's an undersized guy. You wonder how high he's going to go just based is on he his size. Stay in Duluth another year. I think he'll stay there Probably. another year. And then the the question too. This is kind of this March Madness period in college hockey when all these guys, you know, yeah. the Jordan Greenways of the world. You wonder are they going to get him in uniform and how quickly. You wonder about Riley Tufty because he's a big kid. He's a great player. He's been a, a first round draft pick by Dallas. You wonder how quickly they'll want to get him in in uniform down there. Well, I happened to be talking to him last night on the phone, and I asked him that, and he was uh, vague. Let's vague. say he was vague. Okay. He was vague, and, and and for a guy he's never talked to, I don't blame him for being vague. So I I would have recommended vague, but he was vague. Nice all, kid, though. Right? All right, we'll be back. Take. You're along for the ride with Royce. Buckle up. Yeah! For the thrill ride of the year on 1500 ESPN. Okay, real quick. Uh, Eric Stahl, 40 goals, wild team record. Uh, Gabby, 42 in 07, 08, or 08, 09. One of yeah, those one years. of those, right? 42. He, he should break that. Fantastic uh, season for that guy. It's uh, incredible. Uh, everybody who gives uh, Fletcher a hard time about uh, some signings, that's a pretty damn good one. Okay, what's coming up on the great outdoors? You like muskies? Was it a muskie your dad caught that set all the records? No, no, northern. Big, okay. big huge northern. Muskies. Well, Lake the, of the Woods. Muskies are Entered the hot t- contest from there to the <laughs> Iowa border. Well, muskies are a hot topic, not only when fishing, but at the state capitol Yeah, right they're now. eating too many fish. Supposedly. They're pigs. Or is it the fact that people who have lake cabins don't want people coming to their lake to fish it's muskies? It's like That's... turning hogs loose in a tulip factory exactly. and a tulip garden. So we're going to talk, hopefully on both sides <laughs> of that, we're going to talk to the muskie fishermen, <laughs> and we're going to talk to Senator Bill Ingerbritson, who's uh, the legislature. Is he pro-muskie or anti-muskie? He's... 
representing his constituents up on Ottertail Lake in that area who don't want musky stocking. So he's been kind of leading that part of it. So we're going to talk to both sides of him tonight. Yeah, I, my theory's always been if he can't eat it, don't catch it. But uh, yeah, but, but then again, musky is... Uh, I, it's a thrill, I guess, when you get one on the uh, on the hook. And... It's the it's the thrill of the hunt, and it's the thrill of reeling them in. You know, the only thing about a muskie, and I haven't caught one yet. Some of these guys say it takes you like forty minutes to land a fish. I don't think I have that kind of patience. I don't know. Well, yeah, they're uh, they're mean, they're mean looking buggers. There's oh. no, no doubt about it. Uh, the uh, and, and the controversy is that. Numerous lakes or well, certain it, lakes? it started up in the Ottertail area. Okay. I mean, that's, you know, the the lake area where I think the DNR was doing some stocking and the people said, you know, hey, we don't necessarily want more muskies on this lake. And, and the question is, is it the wildlife biology? Is it, you know, not wanting more boats you on know, the lake? What here's is the trouble with them, with a fish. If you're a fish, what the hell else is there to do? Right. You're swimming around. You swim, you, you eat. You gotta eat. Yeah. You, go, you know, you just eat. What the, okay, what am I going to do now? You can't... <laughs> You can't watch cable, you know. You don't have Netflix. You just go eat. That's that's it's it's you know. It's you a simplistic existence. You can't blame yeah. them. You yeah. can't blame them. No, like I'm the turkey you. buzzards. I was telling you about the turkey buzzards. What a simple life they have. They find something dead in the middle of the road. Five of them go eat, and then you know, doesn't bother. They anybody. avoid a Buick once well, in a while, and, yeah. and they're so big, you're not going to run into them. Yeah, you, you know, because you don't want to mess up your car. Right. So, you know, muskies, I guess I guess you can't blame them, but I'm not a big fan. All right. Uh, great outdoor show on the way. Uh, thanks, Jess. Thanks, Patrick. Tell me you will try to slip away somehow. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.